to episode 67 of the Strong Style Story Podcast here on the PWOM Podcasting Network. I am your host, Selector Jeffrey Wessel. You can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. The blog is at strongstylestory.tumblr.com. With me today, obviously, it's the G1 Climax 30 preview. It has to be Chris Amaseno. Chris, how are you, man? Hey, I've been doing all right, Jeff. Thanks for having me here once again as we go into... I mean, it's your show. I mean, you are the co-creator. True, true, but it's still just nice to be here every time that we manage to do these, and it's that time of the year. It took a little bit longer than expected this year round initially because we thought there would be a Tokyo Summer Olympics, but then it just turns out it's a pandemic instead. Uh but, yeah, 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 you know, no biggie, just a pandemic. No, you know? yeah, just a worldwide pandemic. Yeah, uh, yeah but the, long the, the, story the, short, the anniversary the, show is going to be real interesting this year. I can tell. <laughs> yes, it's it is a situation though in which they had already scheduled the G1 for the autumn as it is. So most of the New Japan calendar year after New Beginning in Osaka has been just spent playing catch-up so we could get to this point. Yeah. So I'm excited, to say the least. Yeah, we actually are caught up on the calendar, but uh, but before we get into that, uh, this is the second episode in a row we've had to do this, but uh, we've had another death in the long-storied uh, New Japan family, and mm-hmm. that was uh, Bullet Bob Armstrong. Uh, you, you wouldn't think of all people he, he, he we'd be talking about him because I mean most of his time was spent, of course, in you know the southern territories of the NWA. But um, if you will recall, eagle-eared listeners will recall that as Jim Durango, uh, Bullet Bob Armstrong was actually on the very first uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling show on March the sixth, nineteen seventy-two at. The old home of Tokyo Oda Ward Gymnasium, and was on that opening series tour. Um, he would uh, be in, you know, several have some several uh, singles matches, including a best of three falls match that he lost against uh, Antonio Inoki. But uh, as far as we could tell, this was actually his only tour of New Japan, at least according to his cage match profile there is some possibility that that may not be very complete though but i mean just you know just as a pro wrestler you you can't you know just the 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 broad influence that bullet bob armstrong had you know even with you know all of his son you know four of his sons being there and including you know the the one that uh you know was you know he sucked as a wrestler, but he had the charisma, and he was, you know, a, a, an integral part of the Attitude Era of the WWF. That's, uh, you know, Brian, Brian mm-hmm. James, also known as Road Dog Jesse James. Yeah, and I mean, there's obviously that family has been around for quite some time within the wrestling scene. Whether it is, you know, Road Dog, Road Dog, as you mentioned, Scott Armstrong, I believe, turned into a referee that's been there consistently for. Brad WWE over the past decade, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So, yeah, it, it's one of those situations where the family has been around for quite some time. And Bullet Bob was a guy that during the '90s was touring Japan and Korea, from the looks of it, as well. Yeah, so. and he was, in addition to having like a late run in in the in the '90s, in the early '90s in Smoky Mountain. 
you know? Mm-hmm, true. Um, but yeah, he, he had quite the career. Just go ahead and, and I, I put a little bit up on the blog, uh, but, you know, find a Wikipedia entry or, 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 or what. I mean, it just... You don't know if you don't know Bullet Bob Armstrong. It, it it's quite a story, including how he got the the bullet name, which uh, again I put that up on the blog, and you can read about it because it's uh it, it's quite fascinating. But um, also just to remind you, if you want to go back into the archive of this very network and um, hear about uh, what Jim Durango was up to on the first. New Japan Pro Wrestling Show. It was uh, episode three of Strong Style History. Myself and uh, Lawrence O'Brien went through that. So. so, when last we left off, we were headed into Summer Struggle in Jingu. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the outdoor show. Their only outdoor show in, in the last 21 years, and only their second ever. Mm-hmm. Which still surprises me. Unless, uh, unless, I guess we don't count the Island Death Matches, which... Yeah, I'm not going to count the island death matches for, I, for I, anything. I, I was about to say, like, I would be surprised if you were going to start counting those, considering the fact that you and Lawrence still have nightmares about it every so often. We we still get the shakes when we hear island death match. <laughs> but, but yes, and uh, ironically, this was, as we mentioned last episode, this was the location, you know, the Tokyo Meiji Jingu Stadium was the location of their last outdoor show, mm-hmm. which had that wonderful main event, even if, you know, wrestling nerds don't like it. I, I, I love that match myself, so, mm-hmm. uh, of, uh, the great Muda versus great Nita in that uh, explosion landmine match. Yeah, which uh, we all know in current day, Shingo Takagi was pushing for something like that leading up to this one, but he got something on the equivalent level to it. But well, he, he, he he definitely got blown up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. But I mean, let's talk about the results because initially we did open up with a match that had been set up for a while between, uh, of course, Master Wato, who just come back from excursion a couple months ago against Yoshinobu Kamimaro Suzuki gun with the wily vet, uh, take, taking the fall over the youngster there, uh, picking the spot, taking advantage of it, getting the pinfall victory, still keeping the story between Wato going after the Suzuki gun members, Probably for the remainder of the year. You know, the, you know the thing is, is that you know what? I, 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 when I first saw the result, I kind of rolled my eyes. But when I was actually watching the match, it was like, you know, that was actually a pretty cool finish. Yeah, uh, it was with uh, it, you know, Kawato doing the 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 spiral tap, the, the RPP as he calls it, and Kanemaru rolling it into a sunset flip. Yeah, I think initially at the end there, it seems like they were trying to do that spot with the alley-oop that Kawato uh, usually does for setting up the uh, RPP portion, but I think they uh, messed up the timing of that, but they covered for it really well. Like, I was super pleased with how they did the finish on it. So, yeah, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't be upset about that, because that was actually a pretty cool finish. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, we, we have a KOPW 2020 provisional winner, and uh, it is Toriano. And this match was every bit as ridiculous as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. It was just seven minutes of pure ridiculousness between all four guys and their respective personalities, which, you know what? 
I was completely okay with and Toroyana winning in the most Toroyana fashion over Kazuchika Okada was just the <laughs> he, icing on the cake. He punched Okada in the nuts. <laughs> and rolled him up. Y- 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 Yano realized, oh yeah, the G1's coming up. Better get my practice in. <laughs> oh my phenomenal. god. The, it, phenomenal. You know... It, Again, that match was... I knew it was going to be ridiculous going into it, and I was not disappointed. Because it was fucking but ridiculous. Again, like, <laughs> considering the concept of KOPW 2020, the professional trophy, being as ridiculous as it is, Yano's as great of an ambassador for it as any, because he's just going to sell the fuck out of it. Oh, you any know he is. Gets. It's going to be great. You know he is. Uh... The next match uh, was definitely the match of the night for me. 100%. 100%. Minoru Suzuki has defeated Shingo Takagi. He is now the never open weight champion. I fucking love this match. Just so much fun. A lot of people I don't think thought that Shingo could hang with that sort of style that Minoru likes to wrestle in these matches, but no, he more than held his own on this one. Uh, and, are, just... are, and, and do these people have they never met Shingo Takagi? Because I, I kind a part of me wonders, to be honest, because Shingo Takagi sort of you know lives for this shit, quite literally. Uh, my God, Shingo, uh, he is he 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 may be our first repeat. Uh, New Japan Wrestler of the Year. Honestly, the, by the time the G1 Climax is over, I'm thinking that's probably going to be the case again, Jeff. It's not even funny. Just Shingo has been on a completely different gear since last year's G1. Has just improved gradually more, more, oh, even, and more. Even, sin, even since Best of the Super Juniors. Mm-hmm. True. I mean, good lord. You know what? Do you think at this point Dragon Gate are kicking themselves for letting him, for letting him get away after so a long? Part, a part of me has to think like they're at the very least they look at this every once in a while and go, "Dang, we really did lose out on something." I mean, I, I know that there's reasons why the, the 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 Dragon Gate fans never really took to Shingo, but and and, and I do recognize you know there was some was some cruelty involved there too. But, um, yeah, I mean, God, you watch his matches and it's just another, I mean, he, he is like the, the consummate pro wrestler right now, as far as I'm concerned, you know? At the, at the moment, definitely so. Uh, with that, though, we do go into LIJ somewhat having a bit of a bad night there in that streak continuing into the next match, which was... The IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship being defended. Hiromu Takahashi in a second defense against uh, Bullet Club's Taiji Ishimori. Now, while this match wasn't their like classic uh, Best of Super Juniors final from a couple of years ago, right. still held its own for you know a 13-minute match in which Hiromu's shoulder got worked. The submission finish eventually was the what did him in, and Taiji Ishimori is your new... IWGP uh, Junior Heavyweight Champion out of it. Yeah, I mean, I I can't complain that about Ishimori being the champion. Besides the fact that he beat Hiromu for, but you know, it just gives another, you know, it, it's another storyline for Hiromu. You know, and yeah. mm-hmm. and you know, he, um, you know, again, it, it's it is what it is. I think he would have lost it by now anyway. 
mm-hmm. had yeah. the year gone the way it it was initially planned to go, I think, yeah, I think he, he, he would have already had, that... had lost it. So yeah, I I think the only difference would be he'd have he'd be on his fourth defense at this point instead of the second. Yeah. That's really the only big yeah. uh, keep, thing that. But keep in mind. mind, but keep in mind, he also did have a an IWGP heavyweight. Yeah, you know, he had a double. Shot. He had yes. a double gold title shot in mm-hmm. between there too. So you know, it's been a good year for Hiroma for the most part, pandemic yeah. notwithstanding. So yeah. So Ishimori, the eighty seventh IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Yeah. That said, this next one did surprise me, Jeff, on the semi main event and how that finish went. So yeah, um, I I thought for sure that Golden Ace was gonna re- retake those belts. I thought but, they had set it up, but no. Yeah, they played with the expectations really, really well on it. So I don't blame people for also having this as like their match of the night as well, just on the basis of how uh, Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr., Dangerous Tackers as the champions, walking into their first defense against the team that they beat for the titles, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kodabushi, Golden Ace. And at the end of it, just being very much, it seemed like, Golden Aces were set for success there. Uh, Tana misses with a high flight flow. Zach Mephisto eventually happens there, and Taichi takes the fall over Tanahashi for that one. Yeah, I mean, it was a good. It, it was a good match. Mm-hmm, definitely. It was a good match. So, I mean, I can't, I can't fault it. Uh, I'm glad that they aren't breaking up Golden Ace though. Uh, they, they still seem to be, you know, together. You know, still. It just seems to be on hiatus for the time being due to G1 season, but that's understandable. It's the G1. Like, you're going to take a break off any tag team stuff for a month at the very least. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we'll we'll get into that here in greater detail. Coming up, uh, the main event. Ah, I like this main event. I really did. It, It honestly makes me feel in a way that everything that we went through at Dominion with that entire match was worth it for this payoff to a certain extent. Uh, yeah, the the lasting image of Naito doing the Tranquilo pose with the fireworks going off. Yes, that that, that is a nice lasting image mm-hmm. to take from this show, you know? Yeah, definitely so. But again, yeah, on this one, it is Tetsuya Naito. Uh, going ahead and taking the titles back from the men who beat him for it at Dominion in the first place. Who, who, uh, betrayed, who betrayed him. Not, yeah, not on even. top of it. Yep. Yeah, the, the betrayal had occurred. <laughs> a stab in yes. the, the back was stabbed. So Yeah, uh, but much like we expected when we talked about this last time, this was just, it's a first time reign for an IWGP heavyweight champion. Just... Don't expect to have it for long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it yeah, has followed that first, historical trend. Yeah, first reigns don't typically last very long. Mm-hmm. So, typically. But uh, yeah, but there, I've are, there say, are exceptions. There are exceptions. Yeah, there are some exceptions. But here's what I'll have to say about Jingu in general. I do think that even though the pandemic forced him into this, and they didn't have the large kind of crowd that you could fit a Meiji Jingu Stadium. I think New Japan st- stumbled into something really cool to do every summer at some point, if they can help it. Yeah, they did. And uh, Naito even, even said Mentioned as much. As much yeah, yeah. He, he said as much, you know, just, you know, quietly nudging towards a, uh, you know, a, a stadium show in Hiroshima. Not, not sure mm-hmm. why, why he would think that there's a baseball 
Uh, yeah. In, in, in Hiroshima. It's not like he has a team there or anything. I mean, come on. Yeah, not that he doesn't support a, a team there. Um, it, but he also said something that I, I completely agree with, is that we, we need to start separating these belts again. Yes, and this was in the post... Uh, Excuse me, the post uh, summer struggle with Jingu press conference that they did at New Japan World about one to two days later, just talking about the specifics of if, with him saying specifically, if the title is unified, let's just say as much. And if not, then let me defend them one at a time, even if I have to work like two matches during a tour or something like that. Which yeah, that's what he, we're yeah. in agreement with. It's yeah, something we're, we've we're been totally, talking about throughout the year. Yeah, so. we're, we're in complete agreement with it. If they're not, then let's get a new a new belt like, you know, like what they ended up doing with the Triple Crown in all Japan. Yeah, exactly. Or even at this point, if you need to, uh, you know, if you're just going to unify both of those titles, then at this point, it seems like an awfully good time to bring that U.S. heavyweight title back into Japanese shores to be sort of the secondary belt going forward. But Well, let's talk about, let, let's, yeah. let's put a pin in we that one because on we yeah. can touch on that here shortly. Um, but I think a, let's go through New Japan World really quick because there were two or three specific events that oh, did happen through it the, before the, the New Japan Road Tour. Yes. Yeah. Um. So heading into it, um, the uh, the junior heavyweight tag team belts got vacated because Yo will not be back by the end of the year. It looks mm-hmm. like, which is a shame. Yeah, definitely so. Uh, so we had a, uh, we had a little, uh, junior heavyweight tag league to, uh, to, to fill those belts, uh, to, 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 to fill those vacant belts. And, uh, yeah, Hey, no surprise. Uh, Eldo Esperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru are your, you know, 62nd IWGP junior heavyweight tag team champions. Being an LIJ fan is suffering as we've come to find out yet again for these results. <laughs> But, you know, the, the the thing is that one thing that nobody ever seems to realize is that Naito has given you the solution to all this from the beginning, which is tranquilo. Like, just mm-hmm, calm down. Pretty much. Just, just, yeah, just chill. Just chill, man. It's it's not that deep. It, it's going to happen. Now, the thing I, 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 I don't like, and I said this, and I, I, I said this much on the blog, too, uh, there's, there's going to be another... Uh, Long point that I already wrote about on the blog that we're going to mention here, too, um, is that, you know, we, we, we've we seen this all before. You know, Desperado and Kanemaru get the belts late in the year. They, 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 they you know, they, uh, they terrorize the division. And then, you know, somebody takes it off of them at Wrestle Kingdom. Which... Something indicates to me during this particular junior heavyweight tag tournament that it might be Ryusuke Taguchi yet again, this time, though, with a certain Master Wato at his side. Yeah. Because that was a very unique team put together for this tournament that I think has some legs to give Wato something to do here for a couple of months. And Taguchi is no stranger to IWGP junior heavyweight tag belts at this oh, point. Oh no. He, By he, no he, means. He, he was quite in quite a popular team, as I recall. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but you know, on that note, can you see that if he hadn't been, if he hasn't been, you know, suffering the injury that he has, that it might've been tiger mask who, who's been, you know, taking, Master Wado under his wing. 
Yeah, it would have most likely been uh, Tiger Mask just based and, on... And, and not Tenzan. <laughs> yeah, no, just based on the style that they wrestle and just the kind of the principles of it. Yeah, it would have been Tiger Mask in his corner every time, I believe, as well. I think Tenzan's uh, just there by proxy at this point. Yeah, I think, uh, I think uh, a lot of people were convinced that Kawada was going to be the next Tiger Mask. Which... I can see where they're coming from with that, but at the same time, I'm glad he's not because that's a mantle to live up to there. And it is people on the internet in 2020 being as critical as they are of like every minuscule thing that somebody may or may not do. Yeah, it's for the best. Just let him be Master Watto, even if the gimmick itself is can be better, but it could be much worse. As we've seen before, so yeah, as wrestling gimmicks go, it's not a bad one, honestly. Yeah, it, it's it's not super liger. Let's just throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I I, I agree. There's a higher chance that he would have come off more of Koji Kanemoto than than perhaps Mitsuharu Misawa in the role, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, for sure. But, you know, I, I think Kanemaru, well, I mean, Misawa did too once he abandoned it. But he wasn't, you know, lambasted in the role as much as Kanemoto was. No. Yeah, for Misawa, it was more like they just wanted to see him without the mask more so than see Tiger Mask 2 more than anything, which... Yeah. Bit well, of a the, turn. Yeah, there, 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 were, there were circumstances involved. <laughs> Yes, very yeah, much yeah. so. You, you, th- you, 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 you could think Genichiro Tenru for all that. Oh, yeah, of course, uh, 100%. So uh, along with that, quick thing to cover is that Chaos versus Chaos did happen again in the never six-man openweight tag team titles with the, te- the two teams that were in the finals of that tournament meeting up again for a rematch and the champions retaining on top uh, of it. So that was a thing that happened on the 11th. Ishii and show were kind of getting in into each other, weren't they? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pretty much throughout the tour. They were at each other's throats quite literally. I, I, I'm thinking they're going to graduate show here. soon. I really, like, they, vi- they, they're going to bring him up and then what, what's going to happen with, uh, with, 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 with Yohei. Yeah, I'm very surprised that they haven't started the... Not surprised that they've started the slow burn for that. I just thought it would have been a much quicker transition at this point. But then again, there's some good ground here for show to do stuff, uh, especially since he's been involved in the open weight division for a little bit now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, let's just keep doing more of that with him. Yeah, he he's gonna be he he's gonna be in so eventually. So. Okay, well that that that's uh, some of the last three weeks of uh, of New Japan. Yeah, I think. I, about so. And during the process of it, uh, the important part is that alongside obviously getting the G one announcements happening on the ninth, which is three days from when three days before before we recorded this, uh, whatever this goes live. We did have the announcements that we were waiting for for quite some time here. Uh, they kind of cut it close to the marker this time around in terms of the participants. And I can guess why after they gave us the entire lineup. But yes, your A and B blocks have been decided in full for G1 Climax 30. 
Yep, and uh, yeah, let, let's uh, l let's get into this. This is this is the, the the meat of our program today. Is the the our, our preview of G One Climax, uh, the thirtieth running of this tournament under that name. Of course, uh, if you go back and, and I think we discussed this on uh, also on a strong style history, uh, the origins of G One Climax, and uh, mm -hmm. they, you know they they had held tournaments before. You know the 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 actual IWGP, the the International Wrestling Grand Prix. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know other other such tournaments, but this is the name that stuck, you know, through through decade through three decades now. The Grade One Climax. Yep. Yep. The uh, yep. <laughs> Indeed, the, the the Grade One Climax. So we have we have uh, our block announcements, and uh, I did not expect some of these names because I thought that uh, pandemic related travel restrictions were going to come into play here. Uh, apparently not. To some degree, it, I do believe that the New Japan locked out considerably in that regard because I do recall the Japanese government making an announcement just a week prior to the announcements that they were easing on some of the travel restrictions for, I believe, uh, residents uh, that were outside of the country as well as uh, guys with visas, I believe, specifically yeah. like work visas and the like. So on That's that, how some of these names got across for hey, sure. So hey, on that related, did you see that Shinzo Abe has resigned as prime yes. minister again? Yep, I did see for, I for did a see second that. time. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not gonna cry because, um, yeah, he, he kind of liked his authoritarian figures a little bit, and I think his reign has really brought back a lot of the the militaristic feeling. Oh, one hundred percent. You know. I mean, I'm no expert in Japanese politics and the like, but I know very well that particular diet is very much the conservative spectrum. And just the words conservative in this modern day and age means something completely different than what they did, say, 100 years ago. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think but, we, we, but, we all know. We all know. Different. Di different. Yeah. Very different in some ways, but also kind of the same in others. So mm, uh, go figure. Anyways, thanks for listening to the politics cast with Jeffrey and Chris. <laughs> now back, now back to your G one climax. Preview. We could, I, you know, what? we could do that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm sure you got some feelings about uh, about about one uh, Jair Bolsonaro. Jair Bolsonaro. Oh yes, and the less said, the better. Yeah, the pretty, less said, the better. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. And. Um, so, so we're going to have some feelings about certain people in this, uh, in this block lineup and, uh, not, not all of them are going to be positive. I'm just going to, that's the free face there. Throw but that out there. So let's let, go, let's go over the names first okay. and then we can get into the breakdowns for okay. everything. We have, uh, a block, uh, representing the, 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 the Hauntai, uh, Kota Ibushi. Which, you're okay, defending you're, champion. You're, you're defending, defending champion. Yep, you're you're defending G1 winner. Uh Jeff Cobb is able to come back. He he, he is in the G1 climax. Which yep, okay, I, cool. <laughs> I, yep, I think he is one of those guys who's had a visa for a little while since he had to work those tours from New Japan side. He worked the G1 last year around. And I wouldn't be surprised if he did something like coming through like either uh, Hawaii or even going to Guam and then taking a flight to Japan that way, where travel restrictions might have been 
less hectic compared to like mainland United States. Because I believe he splits time between California and Hawaii on his end. So yeah, no, I got you. No, I I I got you there. Um, next up, uh, Kazuchika Okada, which you know, no surprise. <laughs> no. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii. Now he usually delivers during G One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he usually does deliver during G One. Um, someone else who, I guess, delivers on match quality, but I really never want to see him in a New Japan ring ever again. Uh, one one Will Osprey. Which, for those who might be confused, thinking, "Hey, wasn't he in the UK this entire time?" Yes, but he recently does have residency in Japan now, since he does have a place there as of last year. So I'm assuming New Japan's helped him with the paperwork in that regard, and he's able to travel, I guess, as a national to an extent now, I think. Well, or or, or something, and maybe there's not... Yeah, something along those lines. and And besides, there may not be quite as much restriction between Japan and the UK, too. So that, that that's the one thing to, to discuss. The, the I think mm-hmm. we all know the other thing to discuss here. Yeah, and uh, we'll, the, we'll get. I think we can get into that after we finish the block announcements, Jeff, because at the very least we can break down pretty much all of the guys we didn't expect to be here initially and kind of go through them one by one as well. You, you, just to, okay. I mean, we could do that. We can do it now. I, I don't mind. Yeah, I just figured we can cover the block participants first and then go into that kind of okay. thing. So. Well, okay. <laughs> but I mean, stay, yeah, we covered stay, the yeah we covered the yeah we covered the chaos guys, but then the only losing over now is the Japan uh, person in this block is Shingo Takagi, which considering the considering the entirety of this block, we're getting some first time matchups here, which are going to be spicy to say the least. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to get some, uh, we're, we're going to get some rematches on this too, considering yep. Minoru Suzuki is in this yes. block. Mm-hmm. There he is. And, uh, as is Taichi mm-hmm. and, and, and they've already gotten into it with each other. Cause, uh, on yesterday's show, Suzuki started, uh, strangling <laughs> Taichi. Yep. Sounds about right. They realize they're on the same block and also in the same division as well. Because remember, Tai Chi is a former never open weight champion on True. his spectrum. So he's a threat to Minoru's thing. Yeah, well, Minoru, yeah, Minoru doesn't, doesn't tolerate this shit. No. Uh, also in this block, Jay White returning, mm-hmm. which is uh, a bit of a surprise. Definitely, but to me, it's a welcome one. Like, on my end of things, given the Switchblade push has been fully on since his return from Excursion, it's felt a little weird not having him around in these main shows and just having Gato act as his proxy or, you know, merch show kind of thing. So it's nice to have King Switch back around doing his thing. And, you know, we we support a guy who blatantly just wear a Black Lives, in general... Not just wear it, but also be about it the way that he is with certain movements like Black Lives Matter and such. Yep. So, um, shout out to Eddie Kingston, by the way. Yeah, a hundred percent. And then finally in this block, uh, for the first time in five years, Yujiro Takahashi. <laughs> once again, once again. At some point or another, New Japan officials and Gato were in a room together. 
New Japan told Gato to pull the lever on a Takahashi. He pulled the wrong one. <laughs> wrong lever. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, let, let, let's face it. I, I I think the only reason, I mean, I guess to an extent, Yujiro has earned his way into this year's G1, but that was just because he was a warm body and someone needed to feud with Okada when, <laughs> when the yeah. restart happened. That, that's pretty much the gist of it right there. But I do feel that for a lot of guys... They're probably going to see the Yujiro match as a bit of an off night where they don't have to work as hard as they do. They're going to—he's basically going to be playing the role of Toru Yano, just not being as entertaining about it, unfortunately. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so that was uh, A block. Do, do we want to do our, our returns now, or you want to do B block first? Let's let's do B block first because there's okay. some there's at least one return there specifically that we need to touch on too. So okay. Uh, we have Hiroshi Tanahashi. Of course, you know, you, 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 you can't, you know, you can't do this without Hiroshi Tanahashi at this point. Nah, it, it, it's going to be super weird when there is a day in which we're, co- whether we're covering this or not on Strong South Stories, where Hiroshi Tanahashi's just not in the G1 climax in any way, shape, or form. It's going to be like a weird, weird time. And um, also, yeah. Juice Robinson. Hey, Juice is back. I'm assuming the legs healed up for him at this point. Were yeah, what the injury was. So yeah, because he did. Have, yeah, he did have that injury. In addition, you know, in addition to everything else, he had an injury, so that's kept him off of the uh, the, the 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 Friday night programs. I'm, I mean, for the most part, though, he does seem pretty happy. Him and Tony Storm are apparently a thing nowadays, and good on oh. Juice Robinson, oh, if anything. Well, okay. So, <laughs> Who knew? Just en- enjoying life in Chicago for the time being while the uh, pandemic broke out, staying inside, hanging out with his girlfriend, healing up from injury, and now he's in the G1 again. Yeah, so hey, good stuff. Yeah, hey, Juice. Excited if, uh, to see him. Hey, Juice, if you want to uh, gra- grab an Italian beef sometime, hit me up. <laughs> At Strong Style Story without the Ian Style on Twitter. I don't think he has Twitter, but hey, if this does reach out to somebody who can reach out to Juice, yeah, we'd hey, appreciate it. Hey, yeah, come on. Let's... let's, let's, let's yeah, we, we could do Pequots. We can get some of that 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 caramelized crust. Yeah, mm-hmm. it'll have to be takeout because I'm not going. I'm not sitting in a restaurant right now. But you know, yeah. uh, it'll be takeout. You know, you know, maybe we'll hit some uh, some video and next. Been meaning to try video and next. Maybe we can hit that one. I heard they have good wafer thin crust pizza. No. So uh, next up, uh, three chaos members: Hiroki Goto, which you know he usually shows up during G one too. Yeah, for the most part, he does. Yeah. Uh, Toriano, which, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm ready mm-hmm. for that. I am ready. Yep. Uh, always ready for shenanigans. You know why? Because G1 Climax doesn't, not every match has to be deadly serious in G1 This Climax. is true. And a part of me is almost laughing in a way because I remember seeing somebody on Twitter suggest, what if Yano's KOPW 2020 provisional title was like, in, on the line with every single one of these matches. And I'm just like, oh, dear God, could you imagine? Um, no, but no, good, at this. Yeah, question. Like, yeah, it's one of those realizations, like at some point or another, Toriyano's going to get pinned on this. And I'm assuming that's at least going to set up one or two challenges for that provisional trophy at some point down the line. Like, I mean, there's they, no way that it wouldn't. I mean, they they could do this Iron Man heavy metal weight style too. 
They really could. They really I think could. They're, 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 to me, there would be some legs to doing it that route. And you could get really creative with it if you do it right. Oh, boy. Uh, also, making it back to G1 Climax for the first time in two years, in addition to Minoru Suzuki, which I thought was... Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, Yoshihashi. Then again, given the fact that he's been around and active in certain tournaments, be it the New Japan Cup, be it with the never open weight six-man tag belt, which he's one of the co-holders for now, what, first title in 12 years? So In, in a 12-year career, yes. Yeah, for, from a logistical standpoint, yeah, I get why he's here, even if I'm not personally pleased with it in any way, shape, or form. So I, I'll I, give him that. I, 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 you can't say that he hasn't earned it, really. I mean, he, no, he's, that, that, yeah, he's, the, he, he's put the work in this, this year, you know, post, yeah, post, post, post-restart. No, and the, that's what I'm saying. Like specifically, he's done the body of work to be there at this point. It's just by personal preference that he shouldn't be. So, okay, yeah, I, I, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, of course, our double gold champion Tetsuya Naito is a mm-hmm. part of this. You know, I, I'm going to hot take this again. I really don't think that the reigning champions should be in these tournaments. I really don't. I get the idea for it, just as a means of setting up in-between challengers for the big show in and of itself, but it is a brutal schedule to work through, as is, and just... We all know Naito's knees are made of, like, duct tape and prayers at this point, so... Uh, Yeah, that that much is true. Yeah, he's not going to be around... You know, he... he, he, I don't think he's going to be doing opening tag matches in 10 years, because I don't know if he's going to be around that long. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, the man is what? He's 36 now, right? Think... 36, 37 yeah. off the top of my head? Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's, uh, yeah, he, he's... 38, he's 38. Oh my, yeah, he's, so... cl- he's closer to Tanahashi than Okada. Let's just put it that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, this is true. Him and Kota Ibushi both, 38, even though Kota Ibushi looks like a 22-year-old. Oh my God, Kota Ibushi just looks molded in plastic plastic at this point uh, I, i'm pretty sure kota bushi found a stone mask at some point in the early <laughs> days of his life Ac- accidentally got blood in it at one point while examining it and oh, that's what we got you, you absolute fucking nerd <laughs> i get your I'm, joke i'm just here. saying you look at the timeline and how he's aged pretty much since youth and you're gonna notice a pattern just saying <laughs> Uh well I I guess this is we're in his 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 uh his pre stand uh <laughs> time then yeah so pretty pretty much this is part one Kota Ibushi not part three Kota Ibushi yeah. <laughs> but speaking of guys who wear masks Sonata's in this too yes he is and there's a lot of chatter about him mm-hmm yep it's I don't know starting. why but there's a lot of chatter about it. yeah well. We'll get into that portion, but then you have the other Suzuki Gun members, Zack Sabre Jr., making it into B Block as well. Yep. And then on Bullet Club's side, you have Evil, who's been the acting chairman slash leader of the group up until this point. The yeah. dynamics of Bullet Club are going to be actually somewhat interesting once we get out of the G1 with a couple of guys being back, including this one, Kenta. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there, there's uh, there, there's some layers to Kenta being back here too. 
Mm-hmm. So it's uh well I mean okay so there, there's our our blocks let, let let's go through some of the returns we've already talked uh, Jeff Cobb. Mm-hmm. Okay, Will Osprey. Jesus Christ. <laughs> For those who might not be as familiar, who, who just tune into New Japan for the most part as a, hey, this is just wrestling for us to watch, and we're, you know, we watch the G1 every year kind of yeah. thing, which, well, which is, is understandable. Which is fine. Yeah. It's just, this summer, there's been quite a few things that, if you follow social media enough, you probably remember the speaking out is that's that, and all of these different stories that have come out during the course of June, and those not in the know, well, Osprey was featured prominently during that movement. Now, We'll preface this by saying that he didn't sexually assault anyone or has been allegedly accused of it in any way. But, but he's done some nefarious shit in the process, and Jeff, I'll let you cover this specific well, uh, actually, you may actually be more up on this than I am because you, you follow Britress a lot more closely than I did. But... Once upon a time, yes, I did watch Progress enough to where there were talks of it at that time but i don't think unfortunately i don't think we made anywhere near the amount of noise that we should have at the time just in the basis that osprey and his part current partner b Priestley, were basically involved in blackballing a british women's wrestler pollyanna for you know basically coming out and saying that one of will's best friends and scott wainwright uh sexually assaulted her yeah. so and it, not it- and it cascaded from there, and as you as you just said, uh, you know, Osprey and Priestley uh, basically got Pollyanna blackballed from British wrestling. Yeah, and that that's one thing too. A lot of people were just thinking that it was hearsay, and that Pollyanna basically just by talking about it as much as she did, like gradually like eliminated blackballed herself, and then got it basically abruptly retired. But as it turns out, there's proof from a couple of companies there that have come out basically saying that Osprey was pretty much blackmailing them on the extent that he got them a ring or something along those lines in which if they, you know, kept booking Pollyanna, that was going to go away. So, yeah, blatant uh, set of blackmailing there. And and, and to be sure, during the whole speaking out uh, thing and uh, I remember Lawrence and I talked a, a lot about this on uh, on Boom Goes a Dynamite too, so it's not like we were ignoring it, but at the time there was no New Japan going on, and we I, I took it to Boom Goes a Dynamite because it affected you know AEW programming too to an extent, hundred mm-hmm. percent. So so that's why we took it there. But yeah, basically it turned out that Britrest was just a an absolute cesspool of of sex pests uh violent you know violent offenders you know, groomers people abusing their power and i mean it, it it's it's not hearsay b Priestley and jimmy havoc both lost their jobs at at aew yeah directly um... on the heels of this and marty skrull you know who you may remember from you know new japan pro wrestling you know, was the, you know, became head booker of Ring of Honor. Well, that's no longer the case because, you know, it, it transpires. Oh, yeah, he might have had an, a, a relationship with a minor, you know. Yeah, and that one was another rumor that was floating around for a while. So to see it 
have the allegations come come out in the Ring of Honor taking the step like that one to demote him from the head booker position and who knows what else is going to happen down the line or if they're just laying low and letting this go quiet to let some of these guys, you know, just come back out of the woodwork again, which, God, I hope not. But at the same time, it's pro wrestling and I just expect the absolute worst case scenario every time at this point. Well, I mean, I remember at one point saying that, you know, when the first time, you know, you know, Marty Skrull's a nonce was the phrase that was being used. I was like, you know what, I've heard that. Uh, you know, every, basically everybody in British wrestling has been called a nonce at one point. And, uh, well, it turns out um, a lot of it was Actual true. Actual nonce, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It turns out uh, a lot of it was true, so. Here's one thing that I will say, though, specifically since we were touching on the New Japan side of defense, and that's just kind of a profound disappointment that Zack Sabre Jr. just seemed to once again, like, misplace his phone somewhere out there ever since this entire thing came out in June because... That's someone who helped basically, you know, take this particular British wrestling scene up into, you know, the tiers that they were on there for a while where these guys were going, you know, worldwide and making a name for themselves. And then these accusations come out. Jimmy Havoc is one of Zack Sabre Jr.'s best friends, has been since the two trained together. And not a word. Uh, Stuff with Will Ospreay, who... Zach, I assume, is fairly close to to a certain extent, given their work within Progress and other companies. They're not a single word of any kind. So it's just, it makes you wonder how complicit some of these guys were. Yeah. And whether it's just guilt or them trying to hide something at this point, too. You just don't know. Which sucks. You know, given how vocal Sabre has been in regard to other things. Everything else. Yeah, that's the worst part of it, I think. I mean, mean, he's not not shy. I mean, he he doesn't, he he wasn't the kind of guy who was just tweeting, you know, positivity all the time. Far from it. And, you know, it just, it it, it is rather uh, concerning that, yeah, he, he hasn't said a goddamn thing about this even months yeah. after the fact. It, it makes me wonder if it's one of the situations where maybe he it is that one odd circumstance where he was just oblivious to a lot of this and there's just a lot of it being guilt, but it's pro wrestling. It uh, I don't take that stance until like there's actually proof of it. I, unfortunately, I do think there's probably some guilt on a semblance of complacency you know, complacency and the like. So it's yeah. just, it's unfortunate yet again, but we just shouldn't forget, like we're starting to see again, some of these guys trying to come back and act like nothing's happened. Yeah, it's like, just, uh, what was that? That, that video. Travis from, Banks. Well, yeah, Travis Banks, that video from Mike Quackenbush. Dear God, Ugh. dear God, like take the L dude. You, you, you fucked up. <laughs> okay. Just, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, you know, and the sad thing is, is that as we've discussed numerous times in the blog and on this program, you know, unfortunately, complaints like this often fall on deaf ears with New Japan and Bushiro. And it's, and it is, it's a damn crying shame. Because at the end of the day, we're not the main market, which. I get from a business standpoint, but at the same time, when you have 
your president talking about, you know, corporate responsibility in regards to the coronavirus, but you can't do your homework on the foreign talent that you're bringing into your shows. Uh, it's a blind spot, well, to say I mean, the least. Well, let's face it. It wasn't even the, the foreign talents, because remember the whole debacle about Tamaki Hanma? Oh, yeah, there's also that, too, from a couple yeah. of years back and, between and, and, him and Kyoko Yichiki. So. Yeah, and, and again, this is a company that had been fired by New Japan once before, and they protected him. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like he wasn't one of their biggest stars. He, he had been fired in the past, mm-hmm. and, and they let him in. And again, despite... How far down that Aaron Froebel, Michael Elgin fell on the on the New Japan cards in, in Japan? I mean, he was on his way out after a certain point because they knew they couldn't book him in the USA. Yeah, and due to the allegations, which completely that entire legal case is uh, just an entire can of worms to open in and of itself though, but it did expose just the sole fact that Michael Elgin's uh, shitty sex, creepy behavior is a very consistent thing at many points of his life. Yeah. I mean, and and again, just once again, I, I I said this in the blog, I'll, I've said it here. I'll say it once again, the accuser against Elgin student, Sean Orleans did settle out of court and withdrew their original accusation. And during the process of this, that accuser was also being named as a, a, an abuser and groomer themselves. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and and I mean, so you know, you know, somebody being a scumbag does not pre- prevent somebody else's scumbaggery. However, you know, in this case, you know, in regards to that, Elgin. Did out himself, you know, did get outed and, and revealed himself to be, you know, a sex pest in so many other ways. Yeah, and we'll kind of just round back the point over to Will Ospreay since he is the initial starting point of this whole tangent. It it is just mainly on the sole fact that with Osprey doing the things that he did to blackball a wrestler because he decided to believe his friend, the alleged rapist, over the victim in and of itself and proceeding to do the things that he did with the victim itself. It's just the fact that you add that to him being a complete shithead in social media and then trying to pass it off. It's, it's things like depression and such like you can have, you know, unfortunately you can have situations where you have, you know, feelings of depression and you're fighting that battle yourself, but still be a shithead to other people. These things aren't mutually exclusive, unfortunately. Right. And, and also, you know, the fact that he dared to bring up Hanakamura during all this. Yeah, that, again, just enough is enough for any of these fucking scumbags just trying to use Hanakamura's name as an excuse for their shitty behavior rather than owning up to it and changing just fuck off literally no, no, in, in every sense fuck of the word of yeah yeah so yeah it, it's, we're not it's, getting it's, that yeah it i mean yes osprey does the flippies very well he he will have some good matches i really don't want to see him anymore no i really don't 
and, and I know that Bushiro is high yeah. on them. It's just that it, it's just the 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 point. I was like, damn, if you know, you almost have him. You, you almost wish, damn, I wish he would get caught cheating on on B Priestley because that seems to be the only time that New Japan ever actually takes any action mm-hmm. on this. You know, Taichi and Takamichinoku will tell you all about it. Oh yeah, I mean, well, again, you know, Na- I guess there were, I guess Naito got named like back in fifteen or something, or or maybe it was before then. Yeah, but, there there were yeah there were accusations about it, and then there was obviously the Katsuyori Shibata situation, which I think has been downplayed a lot because Sakura Genesis 2017 happened. So yeah, um, yeah, it made it a fabulously moot point at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have heard heard tell that uh, ever since that happened, Shibata actually has had a real attitude adjustment since then. Mm-hmm. Like I and guess she- yeah, he he was not actually very personal. Uh, before all that happened, so ideally he changed for the better, so yeah. fingers crossed in that regard. Yeah, but, but and, and, and again, I'm not gonna, you know, you know, the, the 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 point is that there only seems to be certain things that New Japan will act on, and unfortunately, this is not one of them. And so we have Will Osprey in G1 Climax again as a junior yeah. as a junior heavyweight, you know, despite you know. Hiromu being left out in the cold here. Yeah, and I think that's part of the problem for me specifically. I get some of the entries coming in from, you know, returning from just being able to finally travel after everything with COVID. So I'm stoked to see JY, Kenta, Jeff Cobb come in, Juice coming back as well too. Uh, We've covered the Osprey situation at this point, but I do think that while guys like Yoshihashi and Yujiro Takahashi did do the legwork, to get in this year. There were also other guys who did the light work this year around uh, as well, too, mm-hmm. with Hiromu Takahashi, El Desperado as well, two names that should have been heavily considered. Shows another name that should have been heavily considered for yes. this tournament as well. And last but not least, let's not forget Satoshi Kojima is still on the, the final G1 run at some point here. Yeah, he is. Where, where's his? Because... The, the last time Kojima was supposed to be in it, he gave it to Tenzan. And then he... Yeah. Has a, okay, he was injured for most of 2018. Was it, True, wait, but was it, this, wait, was it 18? 17 or 18, I want to say. I think say. it was 18. He, okay. he, he, had, he had fucked him. Yeah, it was 18. Yeah, because he, okay. yeah, he had fucked himself up. Well, actually, yeah. No, he got fucked up in the match against Rush, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. But... um. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, he he's still older, and he can still go too. Is the thing he can still mm-hmm. wrestle pretty well. Um, Moxley not being around is not as surprising for a couple of reasons. Number, you know, not least of which he's you know AEW's world champion. So he, yeah, he can't be off AEW programming for a month. Yes, exactly. And then between that and the fact that the travel from mainland USA to Japan is still very sketchy at the moment. It is very much one of those doubts there as to when that's going to happen. But I do think that with establishing a briefcase rights holder for the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship on NJPW Strong and the Fighting Spirit Unleashed tour that they've been doing with the LA Dojo shows that have been on on Fridays the past couple weeks, that... We could be seeing something come January in that regard if the travel uh, allows for it. Well, so. you know, well, here's the thing. 
Um, I, I well, there's a couple of other points here too. Number one, I think Moxie probably doesn't want to travel to Japan right now because, well, let's face it, he kind of had his own personal run-in with COVID nineteen. Oh yeah, definitely. Th th mm -hmm. Thanks to thanks to pro wrestling. Ahem. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's a cer certain company uh, in Stamford. And, um, you know, and, and but as you said, yeah, I mean, Kenta is, you know, won the New Japan Cup USA and had, is the rights holder for the U.S. title. I think maybe they could they could squirrel Moxley in if they I think this is a dry run to see maybe they can still make this happen. I do think at the very least, given that we still have a little while before January 4th, 2021, I do think that. If you can get Kenta and Moxley in the same building for a night and be at the LA Dojo or just somewhere else to do that match and have the title switch that that way, perfect. Just go for it. I think they, is... Yeah, they could do it because also I, I, I think they could possibly loophole the whole TV thing because NJPW Strong isn't on TV. It's yeah, streaming. It's streaming. Mm -hmm. they, they could possibly loophole that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But we'll 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 see, and you know. But also too, I mean, let's not forget Tony Khan. You know, the one is the one who wanted who wants to do biz with, and John Moxley and Chris Jericho. They're the ones who want to do biz with New Japan. You know, true. Let's not mm -hmm. forget that. So, um, so yeah, it's it a shame because I mean, let's face it, Moxley was was a great addition to last year's. Yeah, he was so much fun to watch and just all the unique matches that we got out of it. The war against Tomohiro, uh, guys like Tomohiro Ishii, Shingo Takagi and such. The arguably best comedy match of last year being him versus Toroyano, which Moxley <laughs> to this day describes it as, you know, the most horrifying experience of his entire career. And uh, <laughs> Being apparently describing it as you know being taken out on a cheap date and being taken advantage of in the aftermath of it, so just He's, you know, I'm, I, yeah, I, I mean we're we're gonna miss Mox, we're gonna miss Shooter's interactions with Mox too on that because those made it too. Because <laughs> didn't Moxley have like some of the best promo lines ever during that that G1 and using Shota as a using Shooter as the foil. Yeah, pretty much. Just Shoto Mino inadvertently played the straight man to John Moxley's characterness. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious the idea that a foreigner with no affiliations to any faction whatsoever realized, oh yeah, I have tag matches in between these uh, tour matches coming up. I'm gonna need a partner. No. Uh, you, the young lion that I just got them beating up for four minutes straight and bleeding out of the mouth. I like you. You'll do. Yeah, come here. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm adopt. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, who is yeah, it? Uh, who is it? Uh, it's uh, Topla. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. Blue Lotus herself. Um, yeah, she she's the one who do, keeps doing the cartoons of of bringing Shooter home and Renee Young getting shirty about it. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. I guess. Uh, I, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, so, again, and Minoru Suzuki never should have been left off the lineups, he, ever. He, he really shouldn't have last year, but I do like the payoff that they did with it in the last night of the tournament itself. At the very least, that was 
something that was well done and set up something good for that uh, Royal uh, Royal Quest show that they did a couple oh, weeks yeah. after. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that said, we do also have the full lineups as well for each of those nights. So I figure we've got a little bit of time. We can cover those fairly quickly we, we, before. We, we, we can do some of these. Now, the, the good news is, is that we're not getting the endless tag matches. No. Uh, they're keeping it short and sweet. We're getting one opening match, usually between the Young Lions, and then we're just going straight into the blocks. And that's the key part. The blocks are being separated from one another, so it's to avoid contact with the virus and such. So yes, and, and yeah, and, and yes, I'm I'm fully into this idea. And also, you know, at this point, six match New Japan shows, I'm here for. Yeah, considering point. how well that format ran during the um, New Japan Cup that they had to make up with the four or five matches format that they had on those. Yeah, the six-match thing is perfect because you have your three matches, you have your intermission, and then you go into the final three matches. I mean... Two and a half, two and a half hours at most. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. You know, do, do you realize that, that Summer Struggle and Jingo was half the length of AEW All Out? Yes, 100%. I mean, 100%. Yeah, I, 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 I know I didn't make it out of AEW All Out Alive. I mean, not that I was there, but you know what I mean. You, you know what I mean. It, it, that, that was uh, that was an ordeal Jeff, to go I, through. <laughs> I watched the entire show day, uh, including all of the pre-match stuff. Yeah, so did I. Believe me, you you and Paul were one hundred percent of the money on this dragged on two hours too long. Yeah, thing. I was. So yeah, it, 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 it was it was ugly. <laughs> I mean, anyways, what matches? And, and, and I mean, and, you know what that means? That means that 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 show ended at midnight on the you know in Eastern time. Good God! Yeah. <laughs> She's brutal. Anyway. All right. So block matches. Uh, first night uh, is September nineteenth. Yep. Uh, next Saturday. Uh, Will Osprey versus Yujiro Tagahashi. I can skip that one. Uh, <laughs> Easy skip. Easy. Uh, Jeff Cobb versus Taiichi. That'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ishii versus Suzuki. Oh yeah. <sighs> yep. Good. Oh yeah. Shingo versus Jay White. Oh, yeah. I'm really interested to see how this plays out because I do think Jay is going to be looking to bring his A game into these matches with having this time on the main tour shows and such there. And Shingo's a perfect foil for his sort of shenanigans. So I'm excited. And then hopefully the... it's not too much like ghetto fuckery within it. So. And then the. Um... And then the main event of that of that card, uh, Kazushka Okada versus Kota Ibushi. This was the block final last year. Yep, rematch of that block final. Here we go. Oh boy, yeah, that that, that could go either way, actually. <laughs> very, 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 very much so. Yes. Um, and then on Sunday the twentieth, our opening matches. Uh, you know, Young Lion match, which you know, it's whatever. Uh, Juice Robinson gets his first match back against Yoshihashi, so at least he gets he gets a uh, <laughs> he gets a tune up match. He gets a tune up match. Uh, Toriyano versus Sonata. This will be fun. This should be unironically hilarious on the basis that Sonata is a big fan of doing paradise locks to Toriyano in different areas of ringside if he can help it. So. Kind of curious to see what will get busted here in this case, or if Yano just outsmarts. Uh, then again, outsmarting Sonata, who's like a breathing, living Shiba Inu, it's not as hard as you would think. <laughs> <laughs> I love him, 
but he literally is a giant fluffy dog at this point. <laughs> Next up, Hiroki Goto versus Kenta. Ooh, that'll be interesting. Nice little rematch there from a never open way title match a little while back. Yeah. So, uh, Zack Saber Jr. versus Evil. Now this is interesting because Evil was was propped up as the member of Lij that really kind of had Saber's number. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of curious how Bullet Club, yeah, kind of curious how Bullet Club Evil handles you know Zack shenanigans. If it would just be something of the same of what he was doing within Lij to bring him down, or if he's just bringing. But then again. Dick Togo uh, probably is going to serve a role here. And it's very interesting because Zack Sabre Jr. and Dick Togo have faced each other before in the past. Yes, they for, have. For uh, us and Gorillas. So yes, they have. There is that. And then, our, uh, and then our main event that night, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Tetsuya Naito. Oh, man. Should be great. Uh, they Tanahashi and Naito just They click. click. They click. They so... And we haven't seen this one in a while on top of it, too. So I'm really excited to see what they'll do. Um, I, I, You know, I don't think I have it in me to go through every single date. I think we, we can at least highlight some of the main events. For example, like the next couple of days after that, September 23rd for the A Block. It's the G1 Finals rematch from last year with Kota Ibushi and Jay White. Main, oh, main events on that okay, one. Okay, that'll be good. And you also have the Suzuki Gun Clash of Minoru versus Taichi to cover it. Uh, the 24th, you have Naito versus Zack Saber Jr., which it could be the that possibility. Was, that was a block final. Upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a block final. Yeah, if you remember, Zack cost Naito the G1 there a couple, just specifically from beating him in one of those nights. What two years ago was it? 2018. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it, so, it all turned out okay in the end. It it did, but it's also one of those circumstances where Zach could be good for a spoiler win here for a future shot at some point, too. So there's that to consider. Um, That's true. September, yeah, September 27th, uh, two really, in general, outside of Taichi versus Takahashi, solid card because you have Cobb versus Suzuki, Ibushi versus Ishii, the rematch of Best of Super Juniors last year between Osprey and Shingo Takagi, for those who still watch Will Osprey stuff. And then Okada oh, oh, versus I, I, hope Shingo, I hope Shingo kicks his ass. <laughs> yeah, same here. So that's the 27th. And then the 29th, uh, Goda versus Naito as the main event on that block. The 30th. <laughs> yep. So that's going to be. With, with, with the amount that. Tetsuya Naito just absolutely fucking needles. Go yeah, this will be Goto, this will be yeah, fun. Should be interesting in its own right. There, uh, the thirtieth Ishii versus Takagi is the main event from the looks of it, which that oh, should bang. Oh my god! Outright. Oh my god! Yeah, that that'll be that'll be a great one. Yeah, and then October first, uh, you have fa- two big faction versus faction matches where Kenta versus Evil is gonna happen. And then Tetsuya Naito versus Sonata. And I think I think a lot of people are predicting this one that Sonata is going to be good for a fall here of some kind on Naito to set up yeah, a that's, shot. Yeah, that's what uh, that, that's been some of the chatter, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, don't disagree with it, to be honest. I really don't. Like, it's as good of an opportunity as any to do it. I, I, have you looked at the block final days? 
Yes, I have. And okay. those, and I'm kind of getting to those next here on that spectrum of things because I do did want to cover October 7th specifically because the first time matchup between Kota Ibushi and Shingo Takagi in singles. Is that really a first time matchup? Like I in, believe, at all? I believe in singles. Yes, it, they it, may it, have encountered each other in tags before. It, but... Even between DDT and Dragon Gate. Yeah, and I'm just triple checking this just to make sure within cage match and the like, but because I mean tag matches have happened because of the whole Hontai and Chaos thing within New Japan versus like LIJ guys, like that right. has happened. Before. Yeah, but singles, I believe this would be the first time between oh my them. God, I think this. So, I think Okada and Jeff Cobb maybe a first time. Is yes, that, that's I, a first time too. I think so. Yeah. Jesus. Uh. Also with that as well, too, on the 8th, Tanahashi versus Evil, Sonata versus Kenta, so those should be interesting. October 10th, Kazuchika Okada versus Shingo Takagi. That is a first-timer, for sure. Oh, my. Okay, that's going to rock. Uh, this is going to be great. And, and that's the thing. Like When Okada brings his A-game to stuff, and it's not just sort of like the usual formula on Okada matches, which Shingo has kind of a trajectory of breaking guys off of their norms more often than not, so... This should bang for yeah. sure. Uh, We're also let, getting Kota Ibushi versus Minoru. Yeah, say, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, let's not sleep on Ibushi versus Suzuki either, because no, absolutely not. No, that should be phenomenal. And, and, and th- those two were getting into it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yep, a little bit of pushing, and shoving there. Uh, Okada versus Ishii on the thirteenth. That should be fun as well. <laughs> wonder, I, wonder if, I wonder if Ishii's gonna get a uh, get get another win on him. Who knows? Yeah, I mean. No, no title to worry about this time around. So um, that that Ishii never got a shot for anyway. Yeah. Yep, pretty much. Fourteenth B block: uh, Tanahashi versus Nada, Toriyama versus Naito, which should be interesting. But then, <laughs> oh yeah, those are. But then October, uh, as you mentioned, the two, the final night in uh, Rio Goku, like these matches on the sixteenth and the seventeenth: Shingo Takagi versus Minoru Suzuki, the rematch from Jingu. Ishu versus Jay White, Okada versus Osprey, which I think is a rematch from last year, uh, and then Kota Bushi versus Taichi. So you have some important matches here. So, 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 so which two are the block are the block deciders here? Uh, I do think that it could be Ishii White and Okada Osprey. To be honest, as the deciders as to who wins that block. Really? Because I'm gonna it, say, I, I'm gonna say. It's gonna be the, it's gonna be Ibushi Taichi and Okada Osprey are gonna be the block deciders. Fair, that's also a fair assessment for sure. Uh, but then on the seventeenth night two on uh, Rio Goku, Sonata versus Evil is finally happening. So, former fans of either one of those men or both as a team or LIG fans in general are just gonna be like beside themselves trying to figure out which one of their children to root for. Uh, the Tsuya Naito versus Kenta, the rematch from New Beginning, is happening here as well. Yeah, and you Na- do also Naito, have... Naito is not winning G1 Climax. Let's just no, put that out not. of our heads. He's not, but then again, Kenta could be good for a spoiler win as well, too. Just yeah. Because he has fucking Kenta in the literal sense. Yeah. Um, and then Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. is happening here, too. And who knows... Tana might be in contention at that point, and this could be a night that makes or breaks it for him. So, I could conceivably see 
Sonata actually winning the B block, and then I, all, and then whoever wins A block beats him in the final. I think both Lee, um, Lee Malone of uh, Days of Thunder, uh, our friends over on our fellow friends of the PWOM podcast, and I both agree that we're likely thinking it's Jay White coming out of A block and Sonata coming out of B block for the finals. You know, the way that they've been trying to push, I, I'm wondering maybe if Taichi wins the block. Dark horse candidate, mind you. Dark, but... horse, dark horse candidate for sure. Like, Taichi could be that guy that hangs in there points-wise with everyone else during the first few nights and then just gets those two or three key big wins on the final nights where it matters and gets a tiebreaker out of it kind of thing. It, it could, could happen. It could happen. Because it could, it, it could very much be like a Hiroki Goto situation a couple of years ago where he hung in there and then the final night just he had a tiebreaker and he went through. Well, so. he, he had a tiebreaker and there was, you know, another Anahashi Okada G1 draw. Draw. So, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You just never know sometimes with these. So True. And so. I think that's the thing with G1 Climax Dirty is that because the pandemic – threw everything into a whirlwind. We really don't know where they might be going with this. We may have some theories on it, but it's not like there's been a very clear-cut path to whatever uh, it is going to be. And with, at the very least, the nice thing about it is that with an autumn G1 by us wrapping it up mid-October, at that point, we're only looking at about two and a half months or so until Wrestle Kingdom comes through. So, not as long of a wait this time around. I wonder it. if, uh, I honestly wonder if Wrestle Kingdom is even going to happen at the Dome because there's no way that they're going to have 50,000 people or, or, you know, or 40,000 or 30,000. There's no way they can do this. Could Wrestle Kingdom actually be somewhere other than the Dome this time? Just this once because of the pandemic. Because of the pandemic, yeah, I'm really interested. I think a lot of that is going to come together probably by the time G1 finals are happening. It's probably when we get the announcement. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, we already don't have, I mean, we're already, I mean, we already don't have a King of Pro Wrestling to happen because we've already. Well, yeah, that's the thing, is that you you keep mentioning all these potential title challenges for Naito coming from G1. When are they going to happen? Because we don't have a King of Pro Wrestling. We don't have a destruction to happen this time. All we yeah, have I, is Power Struggle. Yeah, I would just think Power Struggle is where something happened for sure, but it could be one of those odd circumstances where they try to lure, you know, keep customers coming through with however much the number of people that they can put in these shows and try to use one of those road to shows or two to get some of those title defenses in and try to drive a, a little bit of extra business that way who I, knows it, it is possible i mean they we're gonna have they're gonna have to adapt either way i mean again yeah, exactly. we, we can't we can't explicitly blame the pandemic on this one because we're 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 caught up yeah we're we're, we're at where we're supposed to be right now mm-hmm I do very much think it is a situation where now that they're caught up, they know what they're going to be doing for the rest of the year, even though the crowds may not be as plentiful as they would have liked. Uh, But I do think whatever booking plans were set by Ghetto and and crew prior to all of this happening at the beginning of the year, they're like, okay, we're caught up now. Let's just do what we need to do with this and adapt according to what we have. 
and, and just run with it, which is why I do think that if there was ever a time for them to try letting Jay White main event a Wrestle Kingdom, this is the year to kind of experiment with it and give it a shot. Uh, even if there wasn't a pandemic, I still think they would have done it. But I think now, even more so than before, there's no point to not giving that a shot. You've got to build up new stars one way or another. And Jay is in his 20s, which good for him. He can, and not to mention, he seems like more of a loyal gaijin than, you know, previous ones that they've tried to do this sort of thing with. So, Right. No, no, no. I, I, I feel that. But, um, of course, you know, the, one of the bigger questions is what, what's NJPW Strong going to do the next month? Because like all the all their top guys are now going to be in G1 Climax. <laughs> well, I mean, they've been pushing certain talents there. We've been seeing a couple of guys uh, pop in their ACA, just come back to there now, which, thank goodness, hopefully all the good things happen for ACH going forward here, uh, because if, if Somebody got a raw fucking deal from the Fed. That's one of the guys right there. That yeah. just uh, unfortunately, uh, Herb Gordon and TJP have been featuring prominently. Uh, you know, co- yeah. co- COVID truthers. Uh, on top of you know TJP alleged sex pest. On top yeah. of that as well too. Well, so as just... well as you know, just Herb Gordon being a complete moron. Oh yeah, know, the, 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 the flat earther who couldn't find chicken in Japan. Okay, hey, hey, Herb, one word, yakitori, okay? Yakitori. God, Lord. So dumb. So, so dumb. Jesus Uh, Christ. Oh, boy. So, um, yeah, so uh, New Japan Strong, you know, it's okay. They've been doing some good things. They've been featuring some... Decent talent. They're Alex Zane and Blake Christian getting shots of working some of those shows has been awesome. Uh, Fred Rosser was really cool to see uh, working was, one of those shows surprise. there. That was a surprise. Yeah, a, a, very, a very pleasant surprise on top of it, too. Like, I was a big fan yeah. of it. Um, I like Carl Fredericks' post-Young Lion transformation so far into it. He's starting to show more and more of the stuff that he's he can do, and I'm happy for him. Hopefully, good things continue to happen for him, and that he can hopefully tour with the main roster guys once travel opens up for the non uh residents uh, at some point or another going forward here so, yeah, so pushing up a good for him so all right i think i think we're caught up aren't we yeah i think pretty much up. covers we us don't... until the g1 is said and done with so we probably won't be with you guys for a little while in terms of shows but I wouldn't be surprised if either Jeff or I get called by Captain Jack Heartless at one point to cover the GO1 matches like close up. So be on the lookout for that over the next couple of weeks yeah, if I'll, that does I'll, happen. Yeah, so. if that does happen, I'll hype that on uh, on the blog at uh, strongstylestory.tumblr.com. So, yep. And, uh, but until then, I think we can plug ourselves at this point, Jeff. May uh, as well. I mean, we I, already, I've already, have, so. I already started, so. <laughs> you yes, you well. have. So. For me in particular, you can just catch me specifically at Brazilian Fury on both Instagram and on Twitter, mainly Twitter. That's Brazilian with an S instead of a Z. You can also catch my other podcast, Soundtracks on the Sticks. That's on Twitter at Sounds on Sticks. And you can find that particular podcast in the Night of the Living Geeks uh, podcasting network. That's SoundCloud dot com slash N-O-T-L-G uh, or N-O-T-L-G dot com. So go that there for that particular podcast and any other fine podcasts as well. So uh, sorry on the uh, 
tag there, D-N-O-T-L-G on SoundCloud, not N-O-T-L-G alone. That other one goes to like a French podcast entirely. Sorry. Anyways. Uh, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter, my personal Twitter at GDWessel, two S's, one L. Uh, the blog, as I already mentioned, is at strongstylestory.tumblr.com. Um, and uh, this, uh, well, probably tomorrow uh, as we record, I, I'm, I'm going to try to get this show up, you know, on Saturday, the 12th. And, um, you know, the next day uh, should have uh, the next episode of Busting Balls concerning the Premier League. And La Liga sneaking in there, too, started today. Uh, Ligue 1 in France has already started. Uh, a lot of football is, is, has come back. So uh, this will be, uh, with the new season, this will be uh, this year's edition of Likely or Unlikely between myself and my co-host, John Arnold, as we, uh, as we quiz each other as to possible scenarios that, that will happen during the season and the likelihood of them happening, in our opinions. And we'll probably be go. wrong because, because, oh boy, <laughs> I went back and listened to last year's show and, oh God, we got a whole bunch of shit wrong. <laughs> That's sort of the uh, magic of doing some of these shows to just look back into it and see, wow, we were completely right about this. It's like, oh, wow, we completely fucked that call up. <laughs> right. <laughs> but... Uh... Anyway, yeah, so we'll uh, we're gonna talk about that. So uh, anyway, uh, Chris, any final words? Not for me. Just uh, enjoy G One Climax, and we'll see you sometime near the end of October. Yep, it, it, it's it's the most wonderful time of the New Japan year. A little later than usual, but we already knew that going into the year before the pandemic started. So, um, so yes, enjoy enjoy all nineteen nights of G One Climax and. Uh, until then, take care. Goodbye.